people, it's your girl Tasha Ray, the host of Womanhood Decoded, where each week we endeavor to explore the intersections of womanhood, motherhood, and sexuality. Welcome to the bonus episode. I decided that I wanted to kind of just share candidly some of my thoughts as it pertains to the whole going back to school and what it means to me now as far as being a working mom. Okay, so let me breathe in, breathe out. Goodness, listen, it has been a whole journey and process. While I have worked, while um, my daughter has been here, the transition, as many of you know, if you follow me on social media, is that this past week, I went back to work in the city. So with that came an onslaught of challenges from navigating traffic to dealing with all types of logistics that I hadn't really quite thought out, apparently. Additionally, my daughter, Isabella Hope, started daycare for the first time. And listen, when I was pregnant, I had this whole plan that I was going to go back to work and I was going to breastfeed. I was going to baby wear. I was going to have this awesome community of mothers and women. And I was just going to be fully supported. And then COVID hit. All of a sudden, I found myself isolated in my Queens apartment because at that time I was living in Ridgewood, Queens. And the quote unquote afterbirth plan that I had was no longer applicable to that situation. So I had to learn to think on my feet and to essentially. I'm not going to recommend this, but I put my emotions on hold or to the side. While I was dealing with various different aspects of my postpartum journey, um, ranging from the fact that I was having a difficult healing from my emergency C-section. So the reason why I share all of this is to say that the entry to motherhood was a bumpy one, to say the least. Also, keep in mind that this happened in January. And my daughter is born January the 14th. And so, fast forward to now September, and she's now 20 months, and now in daycare, let me just tell you, it has been a wild ride, and it is something that has been completely transformative for me, but um, specifically as it pertains to this week, it seemed like if it wasn't one thing, it was the next. So, I take my daughter to daycare. I have all of the emotions. My heart is beating. I'm thinking to myself, have I chosen and made the right decision when it came to her daycare? Because mind you, I applied to her daycare um, back in May, along with five other locations in my vicinity. 
I then um, was re I was I was then told via email that she was accepted into four programs. I have to tell you that I was a bit anal about my search. I wanted to make sure that the location met the health and state regulations for hygiene and just overall operations. Being that I'm a media personality, I have covered the horror stories when it comes to care, whether it is adult care, foster care, or child care, or daycare. So in my 14 years as a journalist, I have seen a lot. I'm not going to say that I've seen it all, but I've seen a lot. So that is one of the reasons why the search for a daycare was one that was so rigorous for me. I have to just take a pause right here and say, listen, (laughs) the application process for daycare here in New York and maybe across the board, I don't know, but I'm only going to speak to my particular uh, situation. So first of all, it's multiple pages. In my mind, I'm thinking, she's a toddler. What all do they really need to know? Well, there is a health packet that you have to take to the pediatrician. There is uh, that covers everything from medical history to allergies to immunizations. Then there is um, a section on what my goals are as far as her daycare experience. Then what I perceive to be my daughter's strengths and weaknesses, what temperament my daughter has. Now, as I was filling these applications out, I was thinking, okay, I really don't know what to say about her temperament. Sometimes she is a joy. Other times, I'm going to just say other times, it's a challenge. Those of you that have children or that have toddlers can relate when I say the emotional roller coaster that a child has in the span of a five-minute span of time can quite possibly leave you with whiplash. So here I am with my daughter on a busy Brooklyn intersection as I am about to cross the street and head to her daycare. I look at my child and I think about the list of things that was requested and required of me to bring for her for the first day. I make a mental note that I have checked the list twice and a third time just to make sure. And my heart is beating, my palms are sweaty. I then enter into the daycare um, and then the protocols are in place as it pertains to the COVID regulations. So I have to sanitize my hands. I have to take my temperature. Um, I then have to fill out a wellness report for the last 24 hours. Did I have any symptoms as it pertains to COVID? Did I interact with anyone that had any symptoms? Who lives in the residence with my daughter and I? It's a whole process every day. So I'm filling all this out. I'm looking at my child and I'm thinking, oh, why is this so hard? Why is this so hard? Like I told you, when I was pregnant, I had a whole plan. I was going to go to work. I was going to breastfeed. I was going to baby wear. And 
then when COVID happened, I got the opportunity to work from home and then I bonded and I breastfed and I, you know, overcame the challenges that came with breastfeeding that um, for uh, just in case anybody hasn't told you, breastfeeding is a whole job in and of itself, especially if you're going to exclusively breastfeed. Now, some people might have an easy transition into that. Um, I personally am not one that did. And first of all, I had a low milk supply. So I had to go through this whole process of changing my diet, drinking an excessive amount of water in order to finally produce the milk that my daughter needed. So anyways, bringing you right back to what was happening to me this week, Monday, I filled it out. Everything was everything. I then left my daughter there. I parked the car. I um, navigated traffic. And all day, I'm looking at my phone. And then I go pick up my daughter. I am ecstatic to see her. I guess she can't really recognize me because I have on a mask. And so she's just looking like, okay. But then she finally, I guess she either, I move it a little bit so she can see my nose and she runs directly to me. And I swoop her up in my arms. And I'm just so happy to be reunited with my Isabella. We then, um, I strap her into the car seat. Um, I give her a snack. And we go about our evening routine. Fast forward, it's now Tuesday. Same thing, traffic, logistics, it's a nightmare. (laughs) Just because as with anything new, that's a transition. You know, there's all these moving pieces that, you know, the night before you think, okay, if I lay out the clothes, if I have the daycare bag ready, if I have my clothes out, if I've done bath time, if I've done reading time, if I've done all of the things and checked all of the lists that I have, then the day should go smoothly. However, for whatever reason, that's just not what ends up happening. Basically, um, you know, your child it can end up, you know, getting messy or all sorts of things can happen. So on this particular Tuesday, um, I get Isabella ready and then take her to daycare and everything goes smoothly. She's excited to be there. Then I get a dreaded call and it is the daycare provider alerting me to the fact that my daughter is covered in hives. And that I need to come and get her and that she has been isolated with a caregiver in the meantime um, to protect the other children just in case Isabella happens to be contagious. So my heart is racing. I'm looking around trying to figure out what I need to do in order to get to her as quickly as I can. If I should take the car and try to navigate traffic or if I should get on the train or if I should take a lift. My mind is going what feels like a million miles a minute. I'm second guessing myself and I'm thinking this whole working away from your child is hella problematic. I'm just going to say it. And I don't feel that 
you know, this was the design that the ancestors or the creator or the Lord had in mind, you know, when it comes to having a child, especially a young child that is just now um, developing verbal skills. Anyway, that's a topic for another day. So I find myself at Isabella's daycare. I'm sweating. I'm feeling like I'm about to have a whole anxiety attack because I don't know what I'm about to see. My child is being carried as opposed to the day before where she was walking excitedly down the hallway, holding the hand of her caregiver at the daycare. Now she's being held and cradled and she's whimpering and I am in a whole emotional turmoil. When I tell you that I am doing everything I can to keep it together, that's exactly what I mean. So um, I immediately lock eyes with her. I see her face is inflamed. Her lip is swollen. There's bumps all over her face and arms and legs. They ask me, you know, has she been in contact with anything in her diet or in her, in my laundry ingredients? And I'm like, I haven't changed anything. I asked them, what did they feed her? They said they fed her the normal approved diet, that they didn't give her anything that um, I didn't go ahead and say she could have. I'm like, I don't understand. I'm like, could it possibly be the pineapple? Because she typically only has small amounts of pineapple. I don't know how much pineapple she had. So um, I'm just like, my heart is beating and I'm looking at her. I don't know what to do. I'm starting to think, okay, calamine lotion. Maybe I need to get um, baby Benadryl or toddler infant Benadryl. And so then they tell me that because she's been scratching and taking off her top, that she cannot return to daycare until I take her to the pediatrician. I cannot take her to the urgent care because sometimes urgent care can rush and give a misdiagnosis and they need to ensure for the safety of the daycare and the children and also Isabella that um, she is not contagious. I then call Isabella's pediatrician's office. They tell me that there are no appointments available. However, if I want, I can ki- I can come and sit in the lobby and I tell them I don't have a choice because I have to return to work and um, this week and I also need to make sure that my child is okay because I have never seen an outbreak like this before on her skin and they say okay so I come there and as I said Isabella is irritable although she is smiling here and there she's not her normal self I offer her a snack she refuses it and so then here I am in the pediatrician's office and I'm thinking to myself how did I end up here (laughs) in this moment? Um, When I began the day, as I said, I had a list and an agenda and a way in which I thought the day would go. Here I am several hours into the day, into the afternoon now, 
my day has gone completely left. There's no way I could have planned for this. Um, thankfully, my job was understanding and allowed me the time and space to go and tend to my daughter's needs because, again, there was no choice in the matter. I had to go pick her up. And so we're sitting here in the pediatrician's office, and I'm just thinking, okay, did she have anything different for dinner? Then I'm thinking about the laundry detergents that I use. I'm like, okay, I make sure to always use mild or um, ingredients that are, um, or products that don't have toxic ingredients. I'm very intentional about that. Um, And when it comes to my cleaning ingredients and products, and I am just racking my brain trying to figure out what is it that is the matter? Why is she having such a terrible response? Why is it on her legs and her stomach and her back and her face and her arms and her hands everywhere? I feel so sorry for my child. And in that moment, I feel powerless. I'm sure other parents can understand and relate when I say, when you see your child in the midst of some kind of a health crisis, you feel so powerless, especially if there's not something that you can do to immediately bring about some type of calm. And being that it was the time of day it was, I didn't have time to first go to the pharmacy before um, going to the pediatrician's office. Finally, what seems like forever, it actually is about three hours of waiting in between the other patients and parents that were there at the pediatrician office. The pediatrician looks at my daughter and she says, "Uh, yeah, that's not a regular allergic reaction. Um, That has nothing to do with what she ate or anything like that. What that is, is a viral rash. Now, as a first time mom, I had never, ever heard of a viral rash. Immediately, I'm on my phone looking at it at WebMD. She laughs and she says, you don't have to read about it right now. You can do it when you get home. But essentially, I have to prescribe her medication and I can also give her uh, an ointment. Um, to utilize on her three times a day and an oral medication three times a day. I'm like, okay, so how did she get this? She's just like, well, it's kind of going around. And in, in addition, if she has been around any kind of grass, which you know she is allergic to, all of those things could contribute to the fact that Isabella is having such an extreme reaction like this. Because when I picked her up from the daycare while I was sitting with her in the pediatrician's office, it seemed to be getting worse. And she was just scratching, 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 and just so whiny and irritable. She didn't want to eat anything. So I get the letter to take to her daycare to give to my job. And I strap Isabella into her stroller. I then get her into her car seat. I then, within the best of my ability, stay within the speed regulations, which really isn't that difficult here in Brooklyn, being that at that time of day, it was kind of bumpered above her traffic. So I didn't have any choice but to abide by the speed laws. But if I could have sped, trust, 
I would have to get to right aid so that I could get my baby some type of relief. I get to right aid. Again, it is a wait, a long wait, because this right aid is also giving COVID vaccinations and the pharmacist is being split between doing that task and also filling prescriptions. I then decide to go again down the food aisle and see if there's something that Isabella wants because again, she hasn't eaten in a number of hours at this point and she's increasingly irritable. At this point, um, I get a text about 45 minutes to 50 minutes after I've been there and they tell me that her prescription is finally ready. I uh, rip open the bag in the box and I immediately put on the ointment on her legs and her chest, her back and her arms. I move her to the side as I do this. Immediately her, disp her disposition shifts. All of a sudden, she's pointing, she's laughing. I'm like, whoa, there must be some magic in this tube of medication. Now, all of a sudden, she wants to eat, whereas before, she wasn't interested in eating. And I start to feel a sense of relief to see that, you know, the medicine is helping the topical ointment anyway. Um, then... I decide, you know, um, that I'm definitely not in the frame of mind to cook dinner. Um, so we stop and get something to eat. Then we go home. I give her the oral medication. And um, yeah, that basically sums up my ordeal for um, the first few days of daycare and being back to work. Then on... Um, the following day, I had to stay home with her, and uh, I spent the day at the track, and also I took her to one of my favorite restaurants um, in the neighborhood, which is a Haitian restaurant, and it was so delicious, and Isabella was definitely excited to eat and to try the various different things that I offered her. Um and it was an overall chill day, aside from the fact that she was still doing a good amount of itching, the redness and inflammation had greatly diminished over the night. So now I find myself and it is Friday. Woo! Thank the Lord. It is Friday. I feel like it has been a whole two weeks of an ordeal as far as the emotional roller coaster that I found myself on with the transition back to work full time in the city. And I just want to say that to all the moms out there that are part of the Womanhood Decoded Village and Wherever you are on your motherhood journey, whether you are just beginning or whether you are veteran in this game with a middle school or teenager, um, I just want you to know that I give you all of the respect and I my hat is off to you, especially um, I want to take a 
time to also give a special shout out to my mom who worked and went right back to work after I was born. I was born in August and my mom went back to work um, that fall um, in 1983. And uh, yeah, when they say you don't understand until you become a parent, like honestly, there's no way that anyone could have explained to me the amount of emotional um, toll and just the emotional bandwidth that goes into being a working mother. Um, in this day and age, you know, we want to do it all. And it is something that I feel like is kind of, I don't know, told it as the thing to do, you know, and I just reject that notion. I feel like mothers in general, whether you are a stay-at-home mom or working mom, regardless to what your relationship status is, if you're married or involved or by yourself, the role and the toll that a mother has on her shoulders is something that is immense. And I say that because if you're in the office, you deal with mom guilt. You think about your child being away from you, what your child is learning, if they're you know, experiencing any milestones outside of your um, presence. And then if you're at home, you know, like I was able to do during several months of this year, um, while it was challenging, to work from home with my daughter, I enjoyed the fact that I got to, you know, be there for her first steps, for her first words, for her first solid vegetable and fruit. You know, I got to do all those things with her that I wouldn't have probably been able to do had it not been for COVID. But at the same time, you know, just thinking about my life and then just also thinking about, you know, other moms that are in my family and that are in my circle, you know, as I said, we just do a lot. And in my situation, I have to also say that I do have a supportive co-parent and, you know, they assist me the best way that they can, you know, given the rigors of their job schedule and also their life. And, um, you know, working in law enforcement is a very challenging field. So I definitely appreciate the time that I, you know, have that my, you know, co-parent is able to share that um, responsibility with me. However, when he isn't here, um, it's all on my shoulders, which is you know, <laughs> how it is. And, you know, in speaking to some of my mom friends that also have husbands, they tell me that my experience is not that different from theirs. And that while they have a husband, they are the primary caregiver, regardless to if they are a stay at home mom, or if they are a working mom, that at the end of the day, they're the ones that are doing bath time, dinner time, making lunches, checking homework, um, staying up late if the child is sick, taking off work if the if the child needs to be picked up from school or daycare, that is something that typically falls on the shoulders of the mother. Now, there are exceptions to that. 
um, I thinking of one friend in particular where um, she works and her husband works nights. So basically he's Mr. Mom and um, he deals with a lot of the challenges as far as the morning routine is concerned in the afternoon. And then when she gets home, you know, they are able to, you know, switch roles and he gets ready for work, you know, and then he goes to work and then she is there for the nighttime routine. And so I'm not trying to say that one job is more um, rigorous than another. I'm just trying to communicate the fact that for me, navigating working in the city and daycare and all the various different working uh, logistics of traffic, alternate parking, um, that's a whole other topic. Living here in Brooklyn, um, I I don't even have the emotional strength to get into what all that means. But basically, New Yorkers, you know what I mean. Traffic and parking is a whole thing. So there were a couple of days this week that I didn't even drive to work this into the city because I didn't want to lose my parking space. So before I end this episode, I want to basically encourage all parents, whether you are a mom or a dad, or even if you're a caregiver, I just want to send you all the positive vibes. And I also want to thank the teachers and the staff of the daycares and the schools, you know, when our children are not with us, you know, you have our children. And I just want to say that I'm just so grateful for you all and the work that you do is absolutely needed. I personally, after this week, feel that all daycare providers and teachers and anyone that works in the school system or daycare center, I just feel like they should get a raise because what they have to deal with as far as the various different personalities of the children and the various different personalities of the parents, it's a lot. So my hat is, again, off to each and every one of you that I just named. I feel like there were other things that I wanted to cover, but I have reached the 30 minute mark. And I know that in this day and age, we all have busy lives. So I don't want to bore any of you all to tears. So again, I just want to thank you for taking the time to be a part of the Woman Decoded Village, where each week we endeavor to explore the intersections of womanhood, motherhood, and sexuality. I am your host, Tasha Ray, and until next time, peace, hope, and all of the weekend good vibes. Again, this has been a bonus episode. In the future, my bonus episodes will only be available to those that have become a member of my Patreon community. So I just wanted to give you all a taste of some of the content that you can have access to if you join my Patreon community. I will also have behind the scenes conversations with podcast guests, and I will have tips and tricks when it comes to various different things that I have mastered as it pertains as it pertains to motherhood or sexuality or various other resources. So on the Patreon platform, you will have access 
to bonus content like this episode. So if you have not joined the community, there are different ways and levels to do so for each budget. Again, I appreciate each and every one of you that have decided to already be a supporter of me financially on the Patreon platform. And you can find me on Patreon at Womanhood Decoded, two words. And just click the icon that looks very similar or the same as my podcast cover. And again, you will get access to bonus content and episodes just like this one. So again, I just want to wrap up this episode and say thank you so much for tuning in. And I will see you soon on an upcoming episode.